Thank you, gentlemen, for that wonderful song, I've Come by the Way of the Cross. I like that one. That speaks to my heart. Well, today, folks, I hope you have your Bible there with you because I want to speak on the subject of returning home from Babylon. Returning home from Babylon. You'll see Psalm 126, verse 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion... We were like them that dream. Now, today's sermon is going to be perhaps a little bit more like, uh, let's say, a fireside chat. It's not going to be uh, my regular type of preaching and message. It's a little bit different. You see, one week from today, I am expecting that uh, the Lord will allow us to have our, our first wave back to the church, our first group of 50 will be allowed back in. And I'm pretty excited about that. And I think you are too. And it's a moment that we've been waiting for, for a long time. And so I'd like to invite you to uh, curl up with the Word of God and maybe a notepad and a pen. There'll be a couple of things that I think I'd like you to just take note of. But first we'll have a word of prayer. And then let's talk about this. How it is that The Jews came home from Babylon, home back to Jerusalem. Let's bow our heads with prayer. Our Father God, we humble ourselves. We bow before your mighty throne. We acknowledge your sovereignty. Lord, the whole world really, truly has to bow before you. The world is not the same anymore. It's changed. And Lord, it's not taken you by surprise. It's taken us, sure, by surprise. But Lord, you knew all of what was going to happen. And so we give you the praise and honor and thanks. And even for those things we do not understand, we acknowledge your lordship and give you honor and worship. Our Father, please help us today to keep a few things in mind and maybe learn a couple of things to prepare us for coming together. Lord, have thine own way. Speak with hearts today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the time setting, 586 B.C. And under King Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon finally conquered Jerusalem. They sort of held out for a while. Um, The Jews were then uh, put in chains. Many were killed. But they were put in chains and carried off in captivity. And they spent decades in captivity in Babylon. Well, Babylon's days were numbered. And they were finally conquered in about 539. Cyrus defeated Babylon's last king. Now, Cyrus was a clever guy. He was a strategist and he was a clever politician. And he came in and and he sort of presented himself to all of the, the, the people under his rule now. Because Babylon was the, the then known power of the world. And, and here Cyrus came and took it over. And he presented himself now as the liberator. And that's how he wanted people to see him. And they, because he knew they would welcome that. He was a very clever man. And he presented himself as the liberator of all of the captive people, especially the, uh, the nations that have been 
uh, captured, carried off to Babylon under Babylonian rule. And so Cyrus knew exactly what he was doing. And perhaps one of the best, maybe greatest things he did as king was he freed the Jews and he allowed them to go back to Jerusalem. Now they went back in waves. It was a slow process. It didn't happen all at once. As I understand it, there were three waves of returning Jews to Jerusalem over a period of several decades. It didn't happen all at once. If you're familiar at all with the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, they chronicle the story of how the Jews came back to the promised land. Now, the first wave of almost 50,000 Jews was led by Zerubbabel. And he traveled back from Babylon in approximately 536 B.C. Now these dates, the uh, theologians and the archaeologists and people like that, they argue, you know, no, no, it was, it was 537. No, you're both wrong. It was 535. So let them argue. We'll say 536. It doesn't matter. It happened. Now upon their arrival back, some of them, most of them, stayed right there in Jerusalem while others went and lived in other towns. Now in Jerusalem, they had to begin to rebuild the temple. And they started that in the second year after their arrival back in Jerusalem. So the years go on. And approximately 56 years later, after the first wave of returning Jews, the second wave of some 1,500 Jews left Babylon, returned back to Jerusalem, led by Ezra. Now, interestingly, if you've ever read the book of Esther, the book of Esther, the events of the book of Esther happened between the first wave and the second wave of the Jews returning back to Jerusalem. Isn't that interesting? In fact, if you know anything of the book of Esther, the Jews were almost wiped out. They faced extinction under a very cruel, wicked, clever devil by the name of Haman. And he was a horrible man, and he tried to bring about the total destruction of all of the Jews in the then known world. He almost succeeded. All that happened between the first and the second waves. Then approximately 13 years after that, Ezra led the final wave of Jews back uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I said that wrong. Uh, after Ezra, Ezra was leading the second wave. He led the second wave of 1,500 Jews. It was 13 years after Ezra that Nehemiah led the remaining wave of Jews back to Jerusalem. Now, folks, for three and a half months, approximately, the people of our church... <laughs> have felt like exiles, haven't we? We felt like exiles out of our church. But at last, the first wave is allowed to return once again and meet here at the church. Now bear in mind something, please, that this is not going to happen all at once. This is going to be a slow process. It was a slow process for the Jews when they returned home from Babylon. For them, it took decades and decades, right? And they had to come back in groups. They had to rebuild the temple. They had to rebuild their city. 
their houses, their lives. It was a very slow process. And so also, it will probably be a slow process for us as we start getting back to normal as a church. Do you remember back to normal days? It was no problem to come to church, wasn't it? Hey, it was Sunday. We get in the car, we go to church. Hey, it's Wednesday. We get in the car, we come to church. It was so easy. And the doors of the church are open. There's always welcoming handshakes and smiling faces. We had coffee and donuts every Sunday morning. I think some people came because of the coffee and donuts. No, that's not true. But we did have coffee and donuts. All that's changed. I don't know if this is the new normal, but I do think the world has changed. Now, the British Columbian government here, BC government, is now allowing gatherings of up to 50 people in one place. And we will consider this to be the first wave of 50. You see, the first wave of Jews going back, led by Zerubbabel, was 50,000. For us, a little less. 50. But that's all right. We're happy with that. Maybe one day that number will rise to 75. We'll be able to have 75 people in church at once. Perhaps after that, we'll get 100 people in church at once. Well, keep praying. But for now, we must make the best of the situation. We must try to accommodate everyone in our church as best we can. Now, please notice something. Not all of the Jews left Babylon to come back to Jerusalem. Some elected to remain in Babylon. You say, why? Well, perhaps fear. That's normal to be afraid. After you've been in one place for a long time and then time to get up and move, sometimes fear of the unknown. I know back then the journey was was quite... uh, 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 riddled with hazard to to travel up over the Mesopotamian Valley and and down you know that mountainous ridge down into Jerusalem, the journey would have taken about a month, and they would have had to do this, of course, walking and some on donkeys or camels or horseback, but essentially it was a slow go, and there were perils along the way, uh, robbers and highwaymen. Uh, perils also of animals, uh, beasts. There were perils also of the uh, the steep terrain and, and perhaps falling down a ravine or something. And so possibly fear may have been one of the reasons why some of the Jews decided not to go back. They, it was safer for them to stay in Babylon. Now another possible reason could have been just simply laziness i mean after all those years in babylon they kind of got used to it they got used to where the the grocery stores were they got used to you know where the playgrounds were they got used to life in babylon they got used to the weather in babylon they were comfortable now to uproot and make this arduous journey and then have to you come home to rubble You have to rebuild. You've got to clean the streets. You've got to rebuild your house, rebuild the walls of the city. A lot of work there. It's just easier to stay in Babylon. Things are going pretty good. We got a new king on the throne. Now, possibly, these are only suggestions, but possibly 
laziness also may have been the reason why some of them didn't want to go back. And I suggest to you, my beloved, that you and I are not immune from fear or laziness either. And we need to be a very careful. We have to keep a careful watch over fear and laziness. And we don't let fear and we don't let laziness decide for us whether we're going to come back to church or not. Now, I may be wrong, but I think that many churches over this COVID restriction, many churches are going to lose people. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. I hope I am. But I think that when the day comes for people to go back to church, I don't think everyone's going to go back. I think that laziness, I think maybe fear as well, you know. Sometimes we wonder, now this is back in the good old days of normal. My wife and I used to drive down 64 Avenue and come toward church and there's this great big soccer field. We used to pass by the soccer field. And there, early Sunday morning, maybe it was pouring rain. There'd be people out there on the soccer field playing soccer. And we say, look at that, look at that. And then we go to church and we come home and it'd be dark. Maybe it's raining and the lights are on on the soccer field and they're out there playing soccer. And our comment to each other is, look at that. They can't go to church. Oh no, because it's raining. But they could go play soccer out in the rain and get drenched. They could do that, but they couldn't go to church. You and I have to be careful that we don't sit behind excuses because the Lord, he's got x-ray vision. He looks right through excuses, doesn't he? We can't say, oh, no, 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 no. It's not time, you know, maybe not time to go to church. You never know, COVID-19. And yet some of the same people who, who say that have no problem congregating elsewhere in other places, even going to, to malls and so on and into shopping stores where there's People all around the place. No problem going to the grocery store. But oh, can't go to church. Oh, you know, COVID. I'm just suggesting that you and I be careful about that. And when it's time to go to church, we go to church. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Let's not be like those some that do that. But listen, for those of us who will make the journey and come back home to grace. Come back home to Grace Baptist Church when it's time. God gives joy. And I want you to see it. Look at it with me please in Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. We were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. And our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen. The Lord hath done great things for them. Oh, verse 3. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Amen. God is doing great things for His people. He is. You notice that none of us have got COVID. You notice that just about every single one is employed. Very, very, very few. At the beginning of COVID, we were thinking, ooh, everyone's going to lose their job. Well, not everyone. 
there's been very, very few. I think you can count on one hand the number of folks that are waiting for the job to call them back. Now, listen, we expect the month of July to be a transition month in which we will begin to get back to normal. So please, during July, please don't expect everything to be perfect. Don't expect everything to be as smooth and easy as it used to be when we used to go to church back in the good old days before COVID-19. Please don't, please don't look for that. Don't expect that. However, we're going to do our very best. And if all goes well, this should get us in the swing to be able to accommodate a larger crowd of 75, a larger crowd of 100, and one day, hopefully, all of our church. Our church, at least, used to run about 225. And so we'll see what God does. It's his church. Let's keep it that way. Now, a couple of things. I'd like maybe if you would jot down a couple of things here. A couple of things of what we can't do, what we can do, and so on. And here is what I'd like to tell you. Let's begin first with things we cannot do. Things we cannot do. Number one, we cannot go over 50 people. We're not allowed. Right now, that's the law. We can have 50 people in the building. Nor can we just sit back and wait and see who comes to church. Because if we do that, we're going to get a lot of people that won't be able to come in. We'll be counting 48, 49, 50. Stop. Sorry, all you folks. You got to go home. So we can't do that, right? And so we have to put our names on a list. And we need to go on a rotational basis. And again, folks, listen, if you have not heard from us, because for the last three weeks, the pastors have been calling and calling and calling as many of the church folks as possible. And some aren't home and we've left messages. Some we've, we've sent emails to and so on. We haven't heard back. But if you haven't talked to us, if you haven't communicated with us about your preferences, the survey, putting your name on the list, you need to call the office. We got to get your name on a list. Otherwise, you won't be able to come. And I hope you want to come. I want you to come. Now, we're going to give priority to our seniors. I think that's proper. I think we need to honor our seniors. And we need to give them first choice. What service would you prefer? And we're going to do that and honor our seniors for which service, Sunday morning or Sunday evening, that they would like to attend. Now, at the moment, it's a bit too much for us to do Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday. Um, I know maybe some churches are able to do it, but I'm sorry, we're getting there, okay? We're a work in progress, so bear with us. But we can do Sunday morning and Sunday evening. So we can do 50 in the morning and 50 in the evening. Maybe later in the month of July, we'll be able to add in Wednesdays. We'll see. And, I, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to kind of push toward that a little bit. But um, what we're going to do, folks, is we've set up the list. I, I mentioned to you earlier that we've uh, been making a list and checking it twice. And we're going to be calling you folks this week and letting you know if you're scheduled for this Sunday morning or this Sunday evening. And this is all according to your preferences. The survey 
the questions we asked you. And so if you've said, well, I could do either Sunday morning, Sunday evening, then you might be Sunday morning, you might be Sunday evening. We'll call and we'll let you know, okay? And if you have any questions, you just ask, okay? We want to work with you together. So, number one, we can't go over 50 people. Number two, we cannot shake hands or hug one another. I'm sorry, can't do that. No holy kisses either. <laughs> just, just kidding a bit on that one, but... We can't shake hands or hug people. We call it holy handshakes is what we would, we would call them. We have to maintain social distancing at church. And so when you do come in next Sunday morning and evening, you're welcome to sit wherever you like, but you have to keep a certain amount of distance, okay? Now, if you're a family, you can sit together, no problem. But if you're not family, you got to keep like six feet away from people. And we have enough room so we can do that. Uh, number three, we cannot have a bus ministry at this time or a 10 a.m. Sunday school. It's just not doable for us at this time. However, we do have Super Church. And uh, how many watch Super Church? Huh? I do. I love it. I think those young people are doing a first-class job. To be honest, sometimes I... I think I'd rather watch Super Church than watch me preach. I really enjoy it so much. So we do have Super Church. Um, and we are limited to Sunday morning and Sunday evening services. Number four, we cannot have a nursery. At least a nursery like we used to have back before COVID-19 slapped us across the face. We cannot have a nursery like that. But rather, what we have is we have three rooms here in the church set up. And so families can come. Uh, mothers can sit with their children in one of these rooms. And they'll be able to watch the service live on a, on a big screen TV. And they'll be able to be right there uh, in church together with us. So this is the best we can do at the moment. I'm sure you understand. Uh, number five is... And this is sad, but it's true. We cannot use hymn books. You say, ah, why can't we use the hymn books? Because we cannot sanitize the hymn books. You see, from what, from what we are led to believe, the COVID uh, virus only lasts for a couple of days on a surface, and then it dies. Thing is, we have Sunday morning and we have Sunday evening church and so we can't use the hymn books instead what we're going to do is something that we have to do because we're forced to do it is all our congregational singing the words are going to have to be up on a screen we are forced to do it oh this is a tough one for me folks because um it's just not my first choice i love the hymn book god give us the hymn book Amen for the hymn book. But in order to satisfy certain government rules and regs, can't use the hymn book. So these are a few of the things we cannot do. Now I'd like to change gears and talk about what we can do. Okay? There are some things that we can do. Number one is we can come back to church when it's time when your name is 
on the list there when your number is up, I think is what they say. When it's time, come back to church. We can do that. We're allowed. We have the ability. We have the technology. We can do it. Going to church regularly is a good habit to get into. Amen? The COVID pandemic has effectively kept us all out of church. And some people will find it more difficult to get back into the good habit of coming to church. Now, please take your Bible. This is important. Take your Bible and turn to the New Testament Gospel of Luke and go to chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, I'm going to show you COVID-19 in the Bible. Say, Pastor, I thought you said it wasn't in there. Well, after today it won't be. It's only in there for this sermon, okay? It jumped in, it's going to jump out. Luke chapter 14, please look at verse 17 here. Oh, verse 16. A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one co- 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 no consent, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife. And therefore, I cannot come. Wow. Well, there you have it. Those are the COVID excuses right there. You know, when it's your turn to come, please come. You see, that's something you can do. Unless, of course, you're sick. And then you can't. But otherwise, come to church. So, what can we do? Number one, we can come to church when it's time to do so. Number two, we can use hand sanitizers. Yes, we can. And hand sanitizers will be provided as you come in the church. They'll be right there. We'll try and have some on a little table for you as well. And we'll be able to sanitize our hands and stay nice and clean and come to church and leave church. You know, something very interesting. Out of all of Canada, it seems that BC is doing one of the the best jobs at uh, getting rid of COVID. It just seems that way. Interesting. Why is that? I haven't a clue. I, I have a couple of ideas, but all my ideas seem to be wrong. But uh, I just praise the Lord for it. We have less excuse to go to church than, say, the people in Ontario. They are struggling with COVID compared to British Columbia. We don't have the excuse that they have, say, over maybe in Calgary or Edmonton. We don't have that. So, you know, we can come to church. We can use hand sanitizers. Number three, we can wear face masks if we want. It's not required. The B.C. government does not require us to do so when we come back together. But if you so desire, no problem at all. Bring your face mask with you. We don't have a supply of them here to hand out. But if you have one, if you want to wear a mask, by all means, 
wear a mask. By the way, please make sure it's a nice mask. I've seen some advertisements for some real weird-looking masks out there. Maybe you've seen a few on, on uh, the Internet. Some of them are scary. Don't wear a scary mask to church. If you go out on Halloween, you can wear it then. I hope you don't go out on Halloween, but don't wear a scary mask. You can wear a mask if you want. Now, these are things we cannot do, things we can do, but quickly I want to finish up with things that we must do. Things we must do. Folks, number one, we must stay close to God. We must stay close to God and pray every day. Pray for one another. Please pray. Pray for God's grace upon our church. Pray for God's wonderful grace on our lives and upon our, our, our missionaries. Please don't forget the missionaries. Some of our missions giving has dropped down in the last few weeks. That concerns me. It ought to concern you. Please do your best. Please do your best. But pray for the missionaries. Pray for the church leadership. Number two, stay connected with the church. That's so important. Stay connected with the church through the internet and by coming to the church when it's your turn. Coming to the church service is very important. Number three, things we must do. Number one, stay close to God. Number two, stay connected. Number three, keep giving of our tithes and our faith promise offering. That is so important. We have missionaries that are counting upon our faithfulness. We made a commitment, a pledge. We made a vow to God. Folks, let's do our best. Now, if you happen to find yourself out of work, you do have an excuse. You've got no income coming in. But if you have income coming in, then you give as the Lord has prospered you. So in conclusion, we need to wrap things up. Returning home from Babylon is a time of joy. Say, so how do you know? Psalm 126. It's a time of joy. You ought to feel excited that in one week's time, our church is getting back together. This is good news, folks. I'm excited. It's a time of joy. It's a time of singing. But we must take this very seriously. Very seriously. I'm asking everyone, everyone that's connected with Grace Baptist Church, listen to me, everyone that's connected, I'm asking you to work with me. Work together with me. Don't work against me. Work with me to help bring the church back together. I need everyone on board. I need everyone pulling on the rope in the same direction. It's very important that we do this to make it a success for the Lord. We're almost done, but I do want to say this. My brother, my sister, if during these last three and a half months, if you've not been living for the Lord the way you should, if you've got some kind of cloak of religiosity and some sin going on underneath the cloak. The Lord knows all about it. It's as if you're wandering far away from home. And it's time for you to come back. It's time for you to put away those idols. And put away the sins. And put away the lust of the flesh. And the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. Put it away. Experience a revival in your heart. It's time to come back home to God. It's time to make your way 
back to God. Start with the first step. Pray to Him. Ask Him to help you. If your heart is growing cool or even cold, you need to cry out for help. You need to ask your Heavenly Father and tell Him and be honest. Lord, I'm so sorry I don't have the hunger and thirst I used to. The fire has gone out. Please, oh God, would you reignite the fire in me? Would you do that? The Lord Jesus is coming back very soon. We need to be busy serving him. Let's not be like the slothful servant who went and hid his Lord's money in the ground. Let's not be like him. But rather, let's do what Jesus said in Luke chapter 19. Occupy till I come. Folks, it's time to get busy again for the Lord. Would you pray with me, please? Loving Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you so much for a wonderful day in your house today. Thank you for allowing us life and breath, the ability to live for you. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to take us by the hand and lead us, escort us, guide us to coming back together as a church. Father, bless your people over and over. I pray you would give them joy in singing. Father, I pray for anyone of your people, a son, a daughter, who's not properly living for you. Please call them. Call them home to you. Call them to your heart. Call them to revival. Our Heavenly Father, bless now, we pray, the offerings we give. And truly, Lord, help us to give from our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's our time now to give our gifts to the Lord. And we want to encourage you and ask you, please, if you go to the donation page, and would you please give your tithes and your faith promise, would you do that faithfully now? God bless you as you do.